Hello, this is Gary Van Warmerdam, and this is the Awareness and Consciousness Podcast from PathwayToHappiness.com. This podcast is about self-awareness, which you could also call mindfulness. I think the two terms are very much interchangeable. I'll typically use the word awareness or self-awareness in this audio uh, as a reference, but you could substitute mindfulness at any time. And I want to recommend that if you have not listened to the previous podcast on what is a belief or understanding beliefs, where I address that question, what's wrong with me? I strongly recommend that you do so first because this material will build on that one. Not absolutely necessary. Hopefully I'll explain it clear enough. It'll stand on its own, but I think it'll help a lot if you uh, listen to that one first. Because I mentioned self-awareness in that previous podcast as kind of the antidote to false and fear-based beliefs. I want to spend a little time in this recording explaining why self-awareness is so important and is the critical part of this process of changing beliefs and what it is. Now, if you want to actually know how to change beliefs, the what you got to do, I suggest take the self-mastery course on my website, sign up for that, give you the first few exercises to practice for free, kind of a trial run. And if it uh, makes sense to you and you like the where it's headed, you can purchase the course, which is now priced at about $99. That's the step-by-step process of how to change a belief, how to build self-awareness. This podcast is about what it is. So in the last recording, I talked about what is a belief and how it forms a whole virtual reality experience in our mind. What I succinctly describe as a dream. Kind of dream, whether it's at night, where we experience something as real that's just in our imagination, or is a daydream, the kind of daydream where we're driving along in our car to a meeting to a family member or a friend or work, and we're playing out the scenario of that meeting, and we can feel all the emotions of it. We're running the dialogue, and we're imagining their part and our part, but we're the only one in the car. And then we get to our destination, and we don't actually remember driving. Like there was some part of us driving the car that, navigated the traffic and the lights and the stop signs and got there safely and all the pedals and the steering wheel and the turn signal. But we don't remember doing that part because our attention was in this dream in our mind of the scenario of what was going to play out. Interestingly enough, it never really plays out that way that we imagine, does it? But in those moments, we're having a dream. That dream is driven by the beliefs of what we think they will say, how they will react, how we should respond, and it takes on a life of its own. Anyhow, we're dreaming. Our mind is dreaming, and it's dreaming based on the beliefs we have. A lot of the times, and this is when we begin to notice this is a problem, is when those dreams in our mind, the scenarios we're running, are very emotional and negatively emotional. That's when we start wreaking havoc emotionally in our life and our relationships. So that's where we figure out what's going on in our mind is a problem because it's causing us to react emotionally to stuff that very often isn't even true. And we figure out we want to change this. And so the antidote to that is awareness or self-awareness more specifically. 
is about having the perspective that allows you to wake up from that scenario of a dream running in your mind. To realize that your mind is dreaming and to go, wow, it's just making that stuff up on its own or that part's true and that part's not true. So self-awareness is about having that clarity when we're looking at beliefs. There's lots of different places we can apply awareness and usually we apply awareness to being or paying attention to what other people are doing. What is their body posture? What is their tone of speech? What is their facial expression? And we learn to read people or we learn to read situations. And a person can be very aware of what goes on in the room or with someone else. That's not necessarily the same skill as being aware of what's going on within you. And the reason awareness is so critical is if you aren't aware of what's going on in you, you have very little chance of changing it. So let me share a story of Jane, who I had a conversation with, who was troubled. Because I think it's a great example of how a belief system will work. And when I talk about belief system, I'm not just talking about a singular belief, because there's not just one singular belief in our mind. We have multiple beliefs, and they aren't necessarily congruent with each other. They actually can be in a lot of conflict with each other and cause us to feel a lot of conflict and confusion. And Jane was just a glaring example of that. I had a conversation with her, started with her being troubled about her relationship. She was feeling a lot of insecurity and jealousy to the degree that she was checking her boyfriend of two years, Steve, checking on his email, looking on his phone when he was in the shower. Did he get a text? Did his ex-wife call? And then grilling him. What did she want? Are you going to see her? What's going on? In an accusatory way, as if he'd done something wrong. And she'd realized that he hadn't done anything wrong. He was starting to hide things from her because of being afraid of how she react. And she realized this isn't healthy. It's making it worse. And so I was asking questions about the relationship. What's the relationship like? And she started to say, you know what? It's fantastic. Just wonderful. He's amazing. He really is amazing. And we were meant to be together. So when we're together, it's the best. And so she shared some more. And then she got around to saying that when we're apart, she's like, I get scared. I get nervous. My mind imagines what he's doing or might be doing with someone else. And I get scared. And I think he's going to leave me. I asked, how do you feel when you imagine that? She said, devastated. I just imagine it and I feel devastated. And so we talked about that for a while. And then it comes around. She shares another bit of an experience she had. She says, you know, but I don't always feel that way. You know, I'm, I'm a successful woman. I'm a capable woman. I'm a confident woman. And she went on to describe what she does professionally, which is she's an attorney. She's a partner in a law firm. She's very capable and articulate and intelligent and beautiful. And she's like, I'm not always that insecure, so it really stands out. She said, most of the time, I'm very confident. So this is a, a real departure from how I am normally. And even the other day, she said, I was coming home from work. And I was thinking, well, he has some business 
and he's going to be gone for the evening, won't be home till late. I don't want to go home and be by myself because my mind will run thoughts. I'll go to the gym. I'll go work out. I'll feel better. So she goes, she has a great workout, got all her endorphins fired up. She's feeling invigorated, feels good physically, feels good emotionally. She's back in that confident state. And she's thinking while she's taking a shower, looking at just the relationship. And she says, you know what? I'm, I'm a great deal. I'm a great catch. If he goes off and cheats on me, good riddance. I don't need that trouble. I'll do better than him anyways. And right there, she told herself a story of him leaving, being with somebody else, and she felt great about it, which was really different than the story a few minutes before where she said, oh, if he leaves or I just imagine him being with somebody else, I'll be devastated, which is really different than the story of we were meant to be together. And so within this conversation with her of about 30 minutes, she'd gone from really different versions of herself. The one that's just romantically, wonderfully in love with this man, and he's the perfect man for her. Kind of a fairy tale, but beautiful way to live. Maybe not a fairy tale. Maybe it's the real deal. Don't know. But then she goes to another version where she imagines he will cheat on her. Not only where she's feeling herself as a different being where she's in a victim state, and she's dreaming this whole scenario from the belief that she will be betrayed and hurt. That's the essential belief behind this dream in her mind. Not only is she different in the way that she has a different identity of herself as a victim, but he's different. He's no longer the perfect man. He's a man who cheats. So not only does she look different to herself and feel different to herself, but Steve looks different. And then there's the third scenario where she's kind of righteous and confident and defiant, kind of like, well, the heck with him, his loss. She wouldn't be hurt at all. Matter of fact, good riddance, problem solved. And he's no longer even a bad guy. He's no longer the man she's in love with either, but somebody she doesn't really care about. So he takes on a different role in her life when she's in that confident state. And she's asking, interestingly enough, how do I get rid of this insecure feeling? How do I get rid of this fear? And I'm pointing out, well, there's other stuff going on here. The fact that you go into this one version of your relationship that has this wonderful, hopeful, beautiful, fairy tale, happily ever after version to it, but in that one, you're letting go of any awareness that there might be a problem, and you're putting yourself just in that version, which she probably is afraid to do because previous relationship when she's been hurt by falling in love and closing her eyes to what else is going on. Hmm. Hence the victim, hurt, afraid of being hurt, feeling devastated. Story comes back and says, well, that might be scary if I let myself really go. I'll be hurt, is the pattern she's been trained with. And so to protect herself from this imagined hurt scenario, 
She becomes the controller and checking his email and looking for evidence. And then another moment she reverts back to another personality of another belief of, well, I don't need him. Matter of fact, he's gone. Whole problem's gone. Problem solved. She wants to know how to solve the insecure feeling. I point out there's more going on here. There's actually three different belief systems just in what she pointed out in sharing with me in those 30 minutes. There's actually more, but I'm going to keep it simple here. Where she has three different identities of herself, three different versions of Steve, and three different, really different emotional experiences depending on which belief she's in at the time. And I pointed this out to her. She said, well, which one's really me? Well, that's not how you solve that problem. You see, her mind is looking for an intellectual answer. And what I'm pointing to is that her mind is dreaming. She wants an answer. She wants to know which belief system to adopt and stay in. And I'm pointing to a whole way her mind is working. To be aware of it. To be aware of the different identities she's adopting, the different versions of Steve she imagines, the different emotions she creates, and of course all the different thoughts each one of these versions has. They're literally complete virtual reality scenarios that she's bouncing between one, the other, and then the next one and back to the first. And that's why it's very confusing. Like, why do I feel madly in love with him one day and another day or another moment and want to just be rid of the relationship? Ah, very confusing. But now she can be aware of why. Why she felt one way in one moment and completely opposite in the next moment. The tendency is, in that question, well, which one's the real me? Which one, what's the right answer? Should I bet the farm on the relationship and just do the romantic thing, or should I just get rid of them? You know, like picking the answer. It's like choosing what belief should I pick? Which one is right? But in this case, let's use the word dream and say, which dream should I pick? What's the right dream to live? When you put it that way, you're like, well, maybe none of them. Maybe none of them. Maybe there's beautiful things you want to keep that are a part of this wonderful relationship. We're perfect together story. That feels great, but there's part of that where you turn off all your awareness of, well, there might be other things going on here. You want to keep part of the vigilance of, well, things could go off the rails. Yeah, we don't know where this is going to end up in five years and 10 years. Let's not be completely blind as we go through the relationship. So there's a vigilance of taking care of yourself that might be good, but the fear of getting hurt, not so good. And the sense of confidence, that's great in the third version. That's beautiful that you feel great, that you feel beautiful and worthwhile all by yourself and don't have a need, a desperate need for someone else. That's great. But let's not take it to the extreme of good riddance to him if he decides to be someone else. Because then you're almost telling your mind, well, let's push him away so that he goes away and I don't have this other problem. It's almost inviting an, an end to the relationship from that perspective. So 
each one of these belief systems has some valuable pieces to it. But taken to an extreme and just adopting just a singular one, there's some dangerous exaggerations to it. What was interesting talking with Jane, and is usually the case, is that when we are in a particular state of emotion, with its own identity and its own dream going on, and its own dream being generated by a particular belief and perspective we're in, we lose track that there's other dreams. Like when she's in the, oh, we're perfect together story, this whole idea that she could be devastated or that they'll ever be anybody else totally doesn't exist. Totally doesn't exist. The dream she is in is so complete that no other dreams or beliefs exist. But then the next hour, the next day, she's in another one where, oh my God, where is he? I don't know what he's been doing. I'm afraid. And that's the only one that exists. This idea that they're perfect together doesn't exist. We're not completely perfect together because he's going to cheat on me. That's the reality. Or should say virtual reality. And she has no awareness at that point that there's another perspective. When she feels completely confident, she completely dismisses the other two beliefs as if they don't exist at all. She has no awareness of them or the benefits of adopting those perspectives or the downfalls of adopting those perspectives for that matter. Because those perspectives don't exist. A perspective of, God, we're perfect together, let's be together. And let me be vigilant and make sure I don't get hurt. In the right moderation, she doesn't avail herself to the benefits of that. Because it's all or nothing within those beliefs. You could say she's going from one daydream to a different daydream, having a completely different emotional experience, and not really being aware of how her mind is moving from one to the other or when it shifts. Now, some people will say that all you have to do to stay out of these emotional reactions, well, I just need to remember. I need to remember not to take it personally. I need to remember not to believe that. I, I need to remember it's not about me. Whatever they're trying to remind themselves to remember so that they don't react emotionally and get caught up in something. But to me, this isn't about remembering. It's not like, oh, what was the name of that movie? And who was the guy that played that part? God, I can see his face. He had the beard. And what was his name? You're not trying to recall something from the past. You're trying to be aware and see what's going on in the moment doesn't have that feeling of, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue, and trying to recall an intellectual piece of information. No, it's more the matter of that feeling when you wake up from a dream, or you get to your destination where you just drove, and you look around and say, I don't remember getting here, and you now realize you're present in the car for the first moment in the last 20 minutes. You're like, here I am. I forgot I was here driving this car. And it has that feeling of sobriety, conscious presence. It's like, here I am with my attention. Here I am with my emotions. 
there was my mind running a story, and I see the story that I was imagining I was in, and now I'm not in it, but I can see it. That kind of waking up from a dream experience. Waking up from the dreams your mind is dreaming. That wake-up moment is awareness. And it comes with awareness to some details of, oh, that's the identity I had adopted in that story, and that's the false identity I assigned to them, and that's the emotions I was feeling, and that was the emotions I was creating, and that was how I imagined how they were responding. I just dreamed up their part. That kind of awakening from a dream is more the awareness I'm talking about that really shifts the beliefs. That seeing what's going on in your imagination as just imagination. Just my mind imagining things. That clarity of what our mind is doing I call awareness. And you're aware it's going on in your own mind, self-awareness. And so there's different elements to be aware of. One is these points of view, the different kind of perspectives we adopt. In this case, I point to Jane's version of the romantic personality or the victim personality or the, the confident personality. You know, these different ways we have of feeling within ourselves. It's part of it. To be aware that we're in these different perspective, false identities, aspects of our personality. Awareness of that, awareness of the emotional state of each one, awareness of the kinds of thoughts we dream within each belief scenario that we're running. Awareness that those thoughts may not be true, that awareness that they only appear true from the perspective of that certain identity we're adopting for the moment that they don't even exist when we adopt another perspective. So awareness of the subtleties of these elements at play in our imagination and how they pull us into different emotional states and emotional reactions. This is critical to changing beliefs because if you don't know this stuff is going on, it's going to keep going on on automatic. So one of the resistances that comes up when I talk to people that there are different aspects to our personality, that I'll call it. Uh, like in Jane's case, she's got a romantic side to her personality. She's got a victim side to her personality. She's got a confident side to her personality. So which one's really me? I start with, well, let's start with recognizing which parts aren't the real, authentic, genuine you. We, we're used to doing this. We're used to looking at people with uh, with this perspective of awareness. We're just not used to looking at ourselves. See, if we work in a work environment and we come in and we'll ask a coworker, what mood is the boss in today? Or what mood is such and such the client in today? We don't ask them. You know, we ask other people, tell us what mood, what mood are they in? Should I go talk to them about this? We want to know which aspect of their belief system is active that day or that hour. And we know it's going to change the next hour or the next day. So I'll talk to them tomorrow then. 
because the emotional state they're in changes, or which we can call mood, or we can call an aspect of the personality. We're used to doing this all the time. We are not used to doing this kind of observation on ourselves. And to me, this is the most valuable place to do it. What mood are you in? Does it change? Do you want to change it consciously, or do you want it to just happen to you? I decided a long time ago, I didn't want it to happen to me because that meant I was just out of my control what mood I was in, what emotional state I was in. If I could control it, that would be cool. And so thus this interest I had in what am I feeling? What thoughts are running through my head? Am I believing? What emotion is that creating? What pseudo-identity perspective am I adopting? That's central to this mood. This exploration of self and what goes on in my mind and how my mind dreams scenarios, I'm like, I want to take charge of this instead of just happening to me unconsciously. And I end up where I end up emotionally at the end of the ride, which as it turned out by itself, when I wasn't in charge, not so good. So I began to pay more attention to what I was feeling instead of what other people were doing and explore the dreams my mind was dreaming with awareness that my mind was dreaming. And it's through that process of paying attention in this way that I developed more awareness. And with that awareness, I was able to change my beliefs at the core level. So now I want to get into why? Why cultivate self-awareness? Why cultivate a, a, a state of mindfulness? Because it's going to change how you feel emotionally. And how does it do that? Well, by putting attention on what goes on in your mind, your mind is changing what it's doing. You're actually doing something different than what it did before. Simple enough. If you want to look at it in a more analytical way, you can look to quantum mechanics physics, wherein when you put your attention on something, such as an experiment, that actually changes the outcome of the experiment. And this happens in your mind. When you put your attention on what's going on in your mind in a mindful way, in an aware way, in conscious attention, it changes what's going on there. The thought doesn't have the same impact. The emotion isn't the same. One of the ways this happens is that by being this observer, what we'll call neutral observer of your mind, Instead of the characterization of being in a dream where the mind is taking you for a ride and you end up where you end up emotionally, your perspective when you're in a mindful state is to observe the mind running these stories and scenarios. And you're essentially standing outside the bubble of what your mind is doing, going, wow, there's a show going on there. 
you are not in the show. You're not being carried for the ride. You're from this perspective of what's going on in your imagination. You're outside that story, observing it, what the mind's conjuring up. And that in itself is a major change. Because you're now watching your mind dream from that perspective of neutral observer and that mindful state. You're not going to believe the thoughts that are passing through, or you're not as likely to believe them, or you're not going to believe them as much. You're going to be more skeptical. And if you don't believe those thoughts, you're not going to react emotionally in the same way. And from this neutral observer perspective, you can consider other options in how you behave, what you say, what you're going to believe. And you're going to look at things differently, and therefore you're going to think and interpret things differently. And your emotional reactions to things, because your interpretation has changed, your emotional reactions will be different. All because your perspective has shifted outside this belief, the dream formed by belief. And therein, other changes can begin to take place in what's going on in your mind, and therefore, what you feel emotionally. In my experience, this step to become this neutral observer, to be aware of what's going on in your mind, but not be carried along by it, is absolutely critical. There's not a lot you can do to change what's going on in your mind while you're in the daydream, unaware that you're in the daydream. And just like having a dream at night, if you're not aware that it's a dream, you don't see other options. You know, whatever character role or dream you're having, you go along with the dream. But when you become aware that you're dreaming, you're like, hey, this is a dream. And if it's a dream, I think I can change it. Let me change something then you can start to take specific steps to make changes. But you can't do it until you're aware and adopt a neutral observer perspective. That's the first step. And mindfulness, awareness, is that step. And just by being aware in itself, what's going on in your mind and therefore your emotions is changed. So there's a direct immediate benefit. You may not see it right away, but change has begun to happen once you become self-aware or practice even moments of self-awareness. Awareness, and by that I mean self-awareness of what goes on in your mind, your emotions, your physical body posture, how you're feeling, the way you're behaving, the words that are coming out of your mouth, the mood you're in, how you're treating other people, how you're treating yourself the thoughts you're believing, this might seem like a daunting task. But in the course, in my self-mastery course, I break it down into lots of small steps. Hence, it's called the pathway to happiness. It's not called the one big leap to happiness. It's worth taking time to build these skills. Like any skill, like public speaking, like singing, like playing a musical instrument, or, or tennis. You're not going to master it in one day. But if you really want to get good and enjoy it, you'll take the time. What I'm inviting you to do, though, is live more presently in the here and now and less in these virtual dreams in our mind. 
to enjoy more the moment you're in instead of be distracted by what you're imagining you're in. And to do that, you've got to wake up from the dreams your mind is dreaming. And the step-by-step process for that, you can find in the Self-Mastery course on my website, pathwaytohappiness.com. If you want to know about the dynamics of relationships and how we structure those in our imagination based on false beliefs and fear-based beliefs that cause us drama, you'll find a course on relationships there as well. You can also order my book, MindWorks, which is a guide to identifying and changing these negative thoughts, beliefs, and emotional reactions. Hopefully this is helpful in opening your eyes, making it a little more clear, at least to what I perceive self-awareness is, and how to apply it as a useful tool in changing how you feel so that you can be happier in your life and your relationships. This is Gary Van Warmerdam with the Awareness and Consciousness Podcast from pathwaytohappiness.com. Thank you.